Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by FIVO. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. Super excited to welcome back to the show co-hosts of Velo and KC on ESPN 1320, Damian Barling, Daily, Damian, well, I'm about, about to take your name there and made it Dalian. I took your Oh, name. that's fine. That, your that's, first that's name fine. and your last name. I, I get called all sorts of things. Damian, Damon, D, D-Lo, it's, 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 it's all love. Thanks for having me back. I always fanboy out when I'm on your show, so I'm happy. Oh, but, and what an appropriate comment when you're on a show on the Fangirl Sports Network. So, great work Isn't there. it, though? Isn't it an appropriate comment? Yeah, I'm with it. I think it. it is. I think you nailed it. Well, I'm going to speak about fanboying and fangirl, which has nothing to do with the 49ers, which is we're, we're going to jump into it. But I was telling you this before we started, and I just wanted to share with the audience. Just it's really random, but I was at the uninterrupted ESPYs party on Wednesday night, and LeBron was there with his beautiful, lovely wife, Savannah, and they're kind of amazing. And I totally fangirl. I mean, I didn't like jump on his back or anything, even <laughs> though that would have been an amazing story and maybe a better one than the one I'm about to tell you. But it was just cool to see them because like, Damien, we cover athletes. We're around another a lot of athletes. I live in LA. I see celebrities a lot. There is something about them, both of them, that is just like larger than life and a little bit like it's cool to be in this era to have like had that experience. And I totally sound like total fangirl right now, but it was just kind of cool. They're, they're kind of awesome. Well, that's the great thing about like what we do is we're still fans, right? right. Like despite the fact we're around athletes, we're around the athletes. We like the most the athletes we dick, dislike the most, like whatever, like, but we're still fans of, you know, people and sports and all of that. And one thing that I think is so incredible about LeBron and Savannah is like they feel like a super couple to me. When you think yeah. about super couples, you can think about like J and B, right? But Beyonce is a megastar. Jay is a megastar. LeBron is this massive star, and Savannah has become a star in almost a way like by laying out a little bit. Like you don't see her, you, you, you just see her a little bit differently. She's not she's not an IG model. You know what I mean? Right. She's not posing it. Like she's, she's literally, and not that she doesn't do uh, a lot like on her own, not that she's not a very business savvy individual. She has become uber famous for being LeBron's like incredible wife. Mm -hmm. And that's just such a, a, a unique footnote is that her, the, the more she kind of just laid in the cut a little bit, the bigger of a star she became. And I think that's, I think that's pretty dope. Yeah, it was it was really amazing. And to it where was, guys say like now, I want a Savannah. I want a girl like Savannah Jane like that. That's 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 dope to me. Bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Yeah, it is really cool. And I was at the Dodger Gala a couple weeks ago, and anyone who follows me or listens to this knows what a Dodger fan I am. And it's like my favorite night of the year because it's so fun, and the guys are amazing, and 
get to take pictures with all of them and I totally fangirl on that but this is still it just was different and obviously I didn't I didn't take a picture with LeBron. you everywhere dude like that's <laughs> crazy kind of like I one one little peek at your IG stories man and you all over the place I, I am I am all over the place well this is my time of year to be all over the place because I'm yeah, no to doubt. Be all over the place again but in a very different capacity and that I think transitions us I really pride myself on transitions on this podcast people that listen to this know that I'm big into transitions and I think that transitions beautifully from LeBron who does not play for the 49ers but kind of feel like he maybe could and probably wouldn't be bad at it but from LeBron to the San Francisco 49ers who start training camp in less than two weeks the schedule actually came out today for open practices so you guys actually check out my social media because I posted when they are and when you can get tickets and all of those fun things but Start in less than two weeks, which is crazy to me. It feels like the season just ended. Well, I don't know, Damien. It kind of feels like the season just ended, and it also feels like the the season ended 27 years ago. I can't decide which one it is. <laughs> yeah, I can't decide whether – yeah, it, 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 that's funny. I, I got the second, you know, the – the NFC championship game ended. I got, we were so wrapped up in basketball and in basketball being something that carries on so long between, you know, the playoffs and, 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 and the finals. And you go straight from the finals into the draft, into the draft, into free agency, free agency, into summer league that now that the summer league is kind of coming to an end. It like, it's like, Oh, wait a minute, man, that NFC championship game really was a long time ago. It was. Oh, wow. We really are sneaking up on the start of training camp. And it's just funny how, you know, when you work in sports, the the kind of calendar cycle of of you, you something feels so far away, but that you can get immersed in something else and you realize, oh, yo, we're about to start this whole thing all over again. And we had for those of us immersed in football, I love the, the different sports and, and all of these sports are basically year round sports at this point. But we had the NFC championship game, the Super Bowl, the combine with the Super Bowl being so late, the combine is only two weeks later. And there used to be a little more time in between the two, but that, that journey has ended. So the, the, the combines two weeks later, and then it's free agency and then it's the draft and OTAs and minicamp and all of the things. And so we had, we're in our break. And so when I say now is my time to be all replaced, we're kind of in our break. We had about six weeks off and now here we go. So it, it really is crazy. And it, it was a long time ago. But then by the same token, my friend had a baby, like the week of the Super Bowl, or like the right after the Super Bowl, and the baby turned mm -hmm. five months old. So in my head, I'm like, has it really only been five months? <laughs> like I'm going with the baby yeah. and, and the end of football season. But that being said, training camp starts in a couple weeks. Big training camp, of course, as always, and we are not going to talk a lot about this just because we've all talked about it ad nauseum. There's, of course, the quarterback situation because the 49ers do not do off seasons without quarterback drama because that's just not how they roll. It's just, yeah, it's just not Kyle Shanahan. It's not, and you know what? In fairness to Kyle Shanahan, this has been going on since like Joe Montana and Steve Young. I think it's just like an uh, organizational true. thing that they do with quarterbacks. Uh, that's very true. Very true. Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, that's a that's a. This is just right. what the 49ers do. Big into QB quarterback controversies. But I think at the end of the day, this actually isn't a controversy. Assuming Brock Purdy is healthy and all signs point to being healthy, he will be starting at quarterback. I think the only controversy that is going on with the quarterback situation is that they traded all those picks for Trey Lance and will he really yeah. ever get a chance with this team who knows time will tell 
that's part of the deal though. That's part of the draft. That's part of the deal. I also like to say some people, some people find this comment interesting. Some people are like, that's dumb. I'm going to go with the people that find it interesting, but had they not drafted Trey Lance, they would never have drafted Brock Purdy. So if he does end up being the franchise quarterback and they win a whole bunch of Super Bowls, people can think about that. Yeah. That's, um, I know we're not talking hmm. about it. I mean, we can it's, talk about it some. There's other things just, we can also no, talk I, about. I just, I, I, and, and, and I know this is a, this is a different take and it's not a take really. It's just a question. Trey's just done. Like he doesn't even get a shot at this. I don't, I will. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not true, but I think they feel that Brock Purdy showed them in game play that he can be the guy and there's a continuity there. There's a consistency there. I don't know that Trey's just done. I mean, Brock Purdy could come in those first few games this season and it could be a disaster. I, I really don't think that's going to happen. I think I do think Brock Purdy can do this. I think he's proven he can do this, but there's a million things that can happen. He could not be healthy week one. Mm-hmm. He could not be healthy till week four. The team could go three and zero under Trey Lance. Then what do you do? I mean, we just, there's a, there's a lot of variables yeah. in that regard, but as of now, it looks like Brock Purdy is the guy. And the reality is, had he not gotten hurt in the NFC Championship game, and of course he did, but had he not, there'd be no question he was the guy. This would not even be a conversation. And had he not gotten hurt and they won the NFC Championship game, no matter what happened in the Super Bowl, there'd be no question about this. But I think he's proven in game play that he can do it. The other thing, in my humble opinion, but I think it's an opinion that's probably shared in the building is there's a window for this team. And I've talked about this on the podcast before. This team is looking at about a two year window. They don't have the luxury of a year to see how Trey does. See last year, that was the plan. They had enough around him. They knew that he was relatively raw. He hadn't played a lot of football. And the goal was that from week one to week 18, they see massive improvement. They have enough around him that they win enough games to get to the wild card, maybe a little better. And then they see how it goes. They don't have that luxury anymore. And I do think he looks better than he has. I think they're more excited about his ability than they have been to date, but they have about two years to win a Super Bowl. Contracts are going to start coming up. They're going to start having to make decisions on things. I mean, that's just also just the cycle of the NFL. So they, kind of have to win now and there's a guy in the building who's proven to them that he could win now and that he can fight through some adversity and that Kyle Shanahan can trust him and that's the big one and I know my listeners will be like here she goes again on the trust thing but he trusts him he trusts him in a way we've never seen him trust a quarterback he smiles when he talks about Brock Purdy did he ever smile when he talked about Jimmy Garoppolo except when he made a joke about him being handsome that's a no. I'm not sure. Here. I think the only thing he did was speculate that the right. end of the world was coming so, one day. So that tells you all about what he thought about Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if we're going to be alive on Monday. Monday. What's it? We, we, yeah, there's no exactly. guarantee we're even going to so, be here. Like, there's there's that. Right, I don't Kyle, know if I've dang. ever even seen him smile about Trey. So, and that's probably an exaggeration, but it's just different. And I think Brock has proven to him he can do what he needs him to do. And Brock's proven. He can do it. I mean, I go back 
you know, I know there was skepticism and, and the Miami game, he didn't start the Miami game, but that Miami team, when he came in that game and he came in very early, he may not have started, but Jimmy got hurt on that first mm-hmm. play, maybe yeah. second play, but it was that first series. That was yeah. a good Miami team that he was playing. They, the 49ers broke them, but it was a yeah. very good Miami team. And it was a little bit of a mess. And certainly there were a lot of people around him who were making up for things, but not everyone could have come in there no matter who's around them and not totally mess this thing up. Then you have the next game against Tampa. That was not a good Tampa team, not a good Tampa Bay team, no matter who was playing quarterback. That wasn't a good team. But now you have a week of media attention, knowing you're the starter, all of that. But the one to me, and again, my listeners are going to be like, here she goes again. But the thing to me that proved it, and I I think proved it to them, was that after that Tampa game, going in on a short week, hurt, he had a rib injury, hurt to Seattle, Thursday night football and winning the division. And then he just kept going. Mm. And even we saw him have adversity. He had adversity against Seattle in the first playoff game. He worked through it. He had adversity against Dallas in that playoff game. He worked through it. It's just, we don't know what would have happened in Philly because his poor elbow, he and Hassan, his elbow and Hassan Reddick met really quickly. And that was the end of that. But I think he's proven he can do it. And it's not even like being fair it's just being like, he can do it, and we need someone that we know can step in there and do it. So there's that. I don't, I don't disagree with anything you said. I just think it's a fascinating component that you, you invest all of this into Trey Lance, and he doesn't really get a chance to prove you right or wrong. And then it's just, and well, then he'll it probably – I think he'll end up proving them right or wrong somewhere, just probably not there. It, it is a fascinating component – I think it's part of the draft. It's part of the whole thing. And I know people don't mm-hmm. like hearing that, but at the end of the day, and this is true of all of our life decisions, guys, here's my deep thought of the day. We all make the best decisions we can. Well, most of us with the information we have at the time and the information yeah. they had at the time was that this guy could do what Kyle Shanahan wanted him to do. It was a bit of a gamble because he hadn't played that much football but they were in a really great position where they had Jimmy Garoppolo. They didn't need to start him his first week one of his rookie season. He had a year to learn. They had a plan and then he got hurt and the entire plan changed. And that's not really on them making a mistake with a draft pick. That's just football. Yeah. One thing I always try to keep in mind too is regardless of the sport we're watching and and thank goodness we're not talking (laughs) about the quarterback position is Sometimes, you know, we we make judgments on mm-hmm. what we see, right? We make judgments on what we've seen with with, with Trey Lance in, in in games, and I and I absolute Kyle and John Lynch, those guys take that stuff into account. Sometimes I wonder about what we don't see, like when you see someone and you wonder, like, why isn't this person getting playing time? You know, this happens in basketball a lot. You got like bigger rotations, and how come this guy's not playing? How come this guy's not playing? They played against such and such, and they played really well. We're evaluating Trey Lance on what we saw in games. And we're evaluating Brock Purdy on what we saw in games. But I feel like what they've seen in practice might make what has this conversation so definitive. Because it does feel like a definitive conversation. If Brock Purdy's healthy, he's the starter. And I always wonder, like, what do they see in practice that makes them lean so heavily to Brock Purdy? Because I do believe that they see something. I think also, though, I will, my one um, maybe caveat to that, because I, I don't disagree with it, is I do think in this case, they've 
with Trey, more than anything, all they've seen is practice. And Brock, just by the luck of the football gods, has given, had more opportunity to show them in games. Because mm. at the end of the day, because I will tell you, sure. as somebody who covered this team when Brian Hoyer was the starting quarterback, during training camp in practice, that oh guy my. looked amazing. I thought, well, maybe, you know what, maybe now that he just knows he's the starter, he's got all this pressure off him. And all yeah. of us were like, yeah, he looks, he's going to be fine. And he was very much not fine at all. So I think that yeah, what they so see, they, I do think they even like what they see from Trey Lance in practice now or have this, this pass off season. But Brock has had the opportunity to show them in games. And that's the thing. Yeah, so I, I, I there's that. But I it's agree. a really good thing, like you said, that we aren't talking about the quarterback position. But I actually think that yep. everything we said was really wise and everybody should take it with them and tell their friends to listen to this podcast. I, I definitely yes. agree with Share that. And, share and just talk about how Tracy and Damien have just nailed it. And if you're listening to one podcast, it should be Tracy's when Damien's on and when he's on. I agree. <laughs> but, but we can bring him back definitely as much as necessary, agree with guys. That. So feel free. All right, so let's let's talk about a couple other positions. We have a few people going into this season that have a lot to prove. Some of them could be make or break. Some of them could just need to have a really good season. Uh, I have a couple ideas, but you are the guest, and so I would like to know who stands out to you in that regard. Well, I'm following your lead here, but the number one, and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to frame this as a, a make or break. Like if this goes bad, his career is over. But it is a player that I'm watching really, really closely. And I, we might have talked about this before, either on your show or on mine. Mm -hmm. But it's we did Drake not talk Jackson. about it. We, you and I, have not talked about it on my show, but it's a good one and one of the first ones that came to my mind. Such synchronicity here. He's such a fascinating player to me because every time I see him, I feel like, man, mm -hmm. he's he could be it. And if it's you know Bosa on one side and Drake Jackson on the other. This this squad is dangerous, dangerous. Like, and I think they're they have I think they have an yeah. incredible roster now. You know, everyone focuses on the quarterback position and understandably so. But I believe this team has an incredible roster as it is. But if it if 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 Drake finds that like whatever he's missing, if he finds that one little component that gets Kyle Shanahan to lead into him more, he's the one who I think could potentially take this team from yeah, they're they're a contender to Hey, this might be the team to beat. Well, when you talk about practice, I think this is a guy where there's a lot of things they have to see in practice because I think what he's missing, and I think this happens to a lot of guys who come into their rookie season, they come in with hype, they come in, they've spent their whole lives being the best on the team. And, and I think this is just, you know, human nature. They've spent their entire lives being the best on the team. Mm -hmm. They're just kind of head and shoulders above everybody else. They come to the NFL and it is different. And some guys pick it up really quickly in how different it is. And some guys need a little more time. And I think really in fairness to many rookies, they need a little more time. And I think for Drake Jackson, he just needed a little more time to figure out. And time will, time will, I'm using the word time a lot here, but time will tell if that is the case, but to really understand what you need to do to be successful in the NFL and to make it through an entire season, just even in terms of conditioning and all of that. And they've talked about it. They've been pretty open about it. Chris Kacarek's been very open about it. Drake's been very open about it. And apparently he has worked really hard this off season to put on weight and on his conditioning and, and all of that. But I think that is the 
was the missing component for Drake Jackson. And we'll see if he has learned what he needs to do. And I think it will be a practice thing because they have seen him in some games, but it was probably pretty humbling towards the end there. Be a healthy scratch for a lot of games. And so now they see like, did he put in the work? Is he ready to take it to the next level because he's a guy whose practice will determine how much game time he's going to see. Yeah. The, 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 the line that you mentioned right there at the end, the fact that he just the healthy scratch, you know, five of the last six games is fascinating. And there's a lot of guys in the mix for this position. And I think that's the other thing, which makes it so, which makes Drake Jackson, such a interesting focal point headed into training camp is that he's Mm going to have guys to battle with. And you know, you, 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 we are going to spend a lot of time talking about position battles. Uh, and this one, I think, is 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 legitimately going to be compelling. But it's why I, I put such an emphasis on Drake Jackson, because I do believe that he's the guy they want. He just has to show that. Absolutely. And he is the guy they want because he they need somebody on the other side of Bosa. And when they drafted him, the plan was for it to be him. And they need him to be that guy. And if he can't be that guy to really contend, then they have to start making decisions. That's where that is where trades and trade deadline and all of that comes into play because they'll, when you get to the trade deadline in the season, you're going to look around and say, okay, here's where we're at. We need this, that, or the other to win a Super Bowl, And that's a position Drake Jackson isn't who they need him to be the first couple months of the season, then what do they do? They need a plan B and it goes back to the window. They need a plan B and they need it now. So he is a really, it's a big one for him and it's a big one for the team. I agree with you. The season isn't going to make or break his career necessarily, but it's going to, I think, make or break what he's going to mean to this team and then kind of what they can do going forward. Not to be overly dramatic. Yeah. Can we, can can we shift we from sure a can. player to a position? Oh, yeah. The That's safety position. Do you feel like you know definitively who the safety is? <sighs> See, that deep size? And no, wow. that's why it's another compelling thing. Like, if you knew, you'd say it. But it, it, there's, the, you know, they, they, they drafted uh, uh, that kid Brown in the, in the, in the, in the third round. And it, I feel like it was a – I feel like it was a question last year. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, hey, what do we – well, this works. Well, let's try this. Let's do this. And now it's, again, I think it's a position that wasn't maybe like outwardly addressed, but like some moves clearly that they made during the draft uh, may put them in a position to, I think it puts them in a position to a lot like that, that player, you know, on the opposite side of Nick Bosa puts them in position to where there's, there's a battle this coming training. Yeah, I think, I think you're right about that. And, you know, as soon as they moved Jimmy Ward to nickel, that was basically, in my opinion, that was them saying, we are okay losing Jimmy Ward at the end of the season. This Mm. we are. We are comfortable enough with Deshaun Gibson and we'll address it in the draft. And I, and I, and I get that, you know, it's, it goes back to like, you can't pay everybody and it is a business. And, and that was a decision they made agree or not agree. I can understand it. I still don't know how you had such a spectacular safety and moved him, but that was the decision they made. So now I think you do have a position battle. You have Deshaun Gibson on a one-year deal. And I wouldn't be surprised if that position ends up going to the rookie. Mm, okay. At least at some okay. point in the season, maybe not to start the season, but I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in the season we see him kind of take over 
at that position. Well, third round, like third round is still, that's very prime real estate. Especially when you don't the have NFL. the first and second round pick. So right. It is right. very, it is very prime real estate. And, this is, and to go safety in that position, I think says a lot. Yeah, it does. Before they went for the best draft pick they'll ever make in the tenure of the organization to kicker Jake Moody. But this isn't a Jake Moody podcast, even though the Michigan. You desperately wanted to. I wanted to be. I would basically like to change this podcast to the Jake Moody podcast. And that we all we do is talk about Jake Moody week after week. I have to tell you, though, in practice, every time he goes, I mean, we've only had the offseason program so far. Every time he goes to make a kick, my like level of nerves, because I feel so invested in this because of Michigan, because I talked about it so much and predicted yeah, he'd be kicked, picked at 99. And then he was picked at 99. I feel, I feel like somewhat, I feel really tied to this. No, that's good. Write it. Like you, you will be the most emotionally invested media person in a kicker, probably in the entire national football league, but Hey, True. let's go with it. And you let's know, go with the it. other thing is as soon as he goes back to kick, I kick, kid, I kid you not. And I kick, everyone looks at me. <laughs> Like all my colleagues look over at me. Everyone's like, here he goes. And I do feel really invested. So maybe we should change the name of this podcast to the Jake Moody podcast. Um, but I won't make us talk about Jake Moody the whole time, even though, again, I would like to. But I think that position is pretty clearly set. That's his. Yeah. That's his position. So a couple other people that are interesting. So here I've talked about this a little bit, but I haven't in a while. And I would love your thoughts on it. I think a low key position group to watch is wide receiver. Okay. And uh, how so? Okay. So you have Debo and Brandon Ayuk. Uh-huh. Debo by his own admission, his words that he had an awful season last year. He would not put that on tape again. Brandon Ayuk coming off a thousand yard season who feels he's just getting started who in a couple of years, they're maybe next year the following if depending on the tag and all of those fun things. We don't have to get into the nitty gritty of everything. He is going to get paid. They may eventually have to make a decision, probably not next year, but in two years going to have to make a decision on the two of them. Debo Samuel, as I said, not have a great season last year. The Christian McCaffrey edition kind of changes Debo's value in my opinion. But of course, I'm going on the information I have right this moment in July of 2023. I also kind of have a feeling he's going to have an incredible season. But there's that. You have Juwan Jennings on a one-year deal. You have Ray Ray McDonald on a one-year deal. They drafted Ronnie Bell, go blue. Basically, this is just a Michigan podcast now is what's happening. Uh, They draft Ronnie Bell in the seventh round. So I think wide receiver is – oh, and of course, Danny Gray. There's another person who this season – I think it's pretty important for for him and the 49ers. I just think it's a low-key group to watch. It's not a group of, with issues. It's not a group I'm concerned about. But I think low-key in terms of performance by the individuals is a group to watch because it has some potential pretty long-term effect, effects at the group. That's interesting. That's not one that I thought about simply because I – you know, Debo's the guy, you know, Brandon Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, all of those guys. And then, you know, if I throw in a, a fourth actual ride, wide receiver, it'd be Ray Ray McLeod. But then you have McCaffrey and George Kittle also. And I know they're not wide receivers, and I'm not trying to cheat the conversation right now. But, like, with those with those four actual wide receivers, plus 
those two guys who have an incredible ability to 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 catch the ball and break off runs the wide receiver was posi- a position that I didn't think about um I don't mean in terms of concern or like in terms of isn't going to work I just think mm-hmm. it's an interesting group to watch in terms of what's going to happen in the future okay like in ter- okay so like if Jawan winds up being gone right does Raymond McLeod step up? Or does Debo, what is Debo? Gotcha. If Debo doesn't have a 2022 like season, do they make a decision next year or they can still put it off a year. They may not have to make a decision at all. And it's a couple years down the road, but I think individually their performances matter for the future. It's not going to, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't mean to say that they don't have a good situation wide receiver. They certainly do, but there's just a lot of things that's going to that are going to go on that position that will affect the team for the future because also affects what the team can do in the future. If they are going to if they decide that they are going to keep both Debo and Brandon Ayuk down the road, that affects other things. So that's kind of what I mean in terms of the wide receiver position. Do you agree with Debo? Do you think he had a bad season last year? I don't think he had a bad season. I think the off-season stuff affected him to his own admission which I really respect that. I think Debo's matured tremendously because it's not easy to stand up there and be like, yes, everything I went through last offseason, requesting a trade, the holding out, all of it, it affected my season. That's not an easy thing to say. And I do think there are a lot of people that would come up there and be like, no, that had nothing to do with it. So I really appreciate that. And I think we've seen a, a big maturity out of Debo. I think we didn't, and then he was hurt. So there's that. But we didn't, we certainly didn't see the Debo of 2022. And there are probably a number of reasons for that. But a lot of those probably do start with the, he wasn't involved in the offseason program. He, you know, came into training camp a little bit late. He was battling injuries. Then Christian McCaffrey comes and it changes things. I think also defenses were now prepared for Debo and what, you know, he could do. So do I think he had an awful season the way he put it? Absolutely not. Do I think he had a Debo Samuel season? Also, absolutely not. And I think if he wants to continue to be such a big part of this league and this team and to be the star that he's capable of being, then he is going to have to do things differently. But I think he's doing them differently. Do you think he should have hung up on the guy from CBS Sports? I don't even know what you're talking about. Are you serious? You didn't see that? I did not. Oh, it's fun. It's kind of funny. You got to go see it. And I don't blame Debo at all. Debo was catching like a little bit of flack for this. And it started this like whole thing between uh, uh, the, the Philadelphia radio station. Oh, and the guys you, at is this the thing back at the Super Bowl? Well, he no. no so it, it, it ties into that. Okay. The guy, this was earlier this week. The guy asked him um, something about Philadelphia and, 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 you know, Debo's comments about beating Philadelphia by double digits. And Debo was like, yeah, we ain't talking about that. Like that's, that's old. Like we talk, we focus on this year. I ain't talking about that. Uh-huh. And he goes, Oh, okay. So you don't feel that way anymore. Oh, and Debo's like, nah, man. Like I'm just, we're not talking about that. We'll, we'll, we'll see them week 13. And the guy's kind of pressing, like, okay, so so do you have a message for 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 Philadelphia fans? And he calls, uh, I guess his his PR person over, and the girl gets on the phone. She goes, "Okay, guys, we're all set." And the guy goes, "Well, what do you mean? We're talking to Debo now." He goes, "Yeah, he's gonna go to training camp now." Okay, bye. And that ends the interview. And of course, the guy throws a little. 
temper tantrum that, that Debo I think Debo's didn't want to talk to PR him. person handled that. It, she did exactly what she's supposed to do. And I put that on the interviewer. Now I have to listen to it, but I think you're twisting. That is twisting his words. If it's, if, if, as you just described it, if that's what happened, he didn't say one way or the other. He said he's moving on to week 13 and to twist the words. I get it. No, I think King, I think yeah. that was the right. I think that was the right way to do it. I think there has to be a mutual respect in interviews. And again, I haven't heard it, so I have to. Hear so it. I did. I heard it in its entirety, and that's the thing I said yesterday. I was like, this kind of to me, this type of stuff is on the interviewer. I agree. Like you've got it. If you feel like the guest is being short, and it's tough. Like I've had plenty of interviews that have failed, but I've never tried to make an ass out of an athlete before. Like right. if it's not working. Like figure out a way to engage your guests. And if you can't do it, yo, cut it. Like I've done that too. And I don't mean hang up. I mean like, Hey, appreciate you joining us, you know, best of luck this season and keep it moving. But I felt like he, he, he was attempting to, he was attempting to, to get like, I don't, I don't want to say clickbait, but, but yeah. he was, a, he, he was trying to get the sound bite for Eagles fans. And I, I thought it was a little, I thought it was a little silly. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So I agree in that. Scenario. I think that he absolutely did the right thing. And I think his PR person did the right thing. And the PR person, she did her job. That's her job. Yeah. And she yeah. did a fantastic job at it, but that's, you know, I think that's not cool. And I think, you know, we're, we're not here to be best friends with people, but there's gotta be a mutual respect. And if you're going to take the time to come like it just even in this like if you're going to take the time to come on my podcast and talk with me I would like to show you respect and even if you said something that I found so egregious that I didn't agree with which I can't imagine what it I mean maybe we may have differing opinions but can't imagine you saying it's something so egregious but even if you did I still am going to treat you with respect and I think that's not respectful and Debo's busy and he took the time to go on that radio station and I think you gotta you gotta keep that kind of thing in mind. Be respectful of people's times and their jobs and all of those things. The far more impressive social media video is him running eighteen miles an hour on one of those Woodway self powered treadmills. Exactly. Those things are so hard and he was flying. Yeah, he's been working really hard per at least from what we're seeing on social media. He's been working really hard. I think we're gonna get a huge season out of Debo Samuel. Really oh, do. I agree. But I do think this is an important season for Debo Samuel because what Debo has not proven yet is that he can have back-to-back -back big seasons where he is available all the time. Mm. And that I think is really important to him. And I think for him and the durability and Brandon Ayuk has proven that and it's football. I don't like the injury prone narrative. I hate it because it's football. So it's just, it's my least favorite but there's kind of a durability thing. And I think Debo kind of alluded to that, you know, like yeah. in some of it. And so he has yet to prove that. So I do think he needs to show that he can be the 2022 Debo Samuel consistently. And that we haven't seen yet. So it's a big deal for yeah, him. It's for a big sure. year for him. No doubt. So there's that one. And then I think the one last one that we can talk about before I send you on your way, because I know you have other things to do today other than talk to me, which rude. It's my favorite part. Though. Oh, that's real nice. See, less rude. Thank you. That's so nice. Uh, I think cornerback is one. And there's one particular cornerback who had had quite the fall from grace last year. I would say for Ambry Thomas, this is a make or break season. This is a make or break training camp. I'm not even going to get to the season. I'd say this is a make or break training camp. 
Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And that's the that's that's one of those. That's one of those 40. It's a lot like the safety position. It, it feels like you're 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 just kind of putting some things together to kind of see what it looks like. And you have moments where, you know, I, I feel like our conversations like last year about the 49ers cornerback position always kind of went to. Well, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Like you were never raving about it. You know, you were never super excited about it. But you were never like, oh, this is trash. Well, you it had was always Marius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley, and you were like, okay, they finally have it together. Emmanuel Mosley gets hurt week five. Yeah. Diamador Lenore comes in. But by the end of the season, I think Diamador Lenore proved he he can do this. Now he's gonna have to continue to prove it. But I think Well, and 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 that's the thing. I I, I always wonder like for, for guys who gain a position during the during the season like in the flow of everything like in mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. in the midst in the grind like what happens when the season ends and now you have an off season in front of you right what happens when the the idea is kind of like okay you're you're the guy now like how does your approach change can you because now expectations are going to be a little bit higher and how does he respond to that? So this is one thing I will say. This is my my point counterpoint to that on uh, Diamond or Lenore, who didn't even go to Michigan. So the fact that I'm spending this much time on him is just crazy. But um, my point counterpoint on that is their rookie years, Ambry Thomas and Diamond or Lenore looked like they were going in very different directions that they mm-hmm. went in. You know, Diamond or Lenore started that season, a lot of hype, playing well, really went downhill, dealt with a lot of personal stuff. He was open about that later. Uh, and then you have Ambry Thomas who really came on and improved and got better and better throughout the season. He has that, you know, game ceiling interception to send him to the playoffs and all of that. The off season, they signed Charvarius Ward. Uh, I don't know what that does mentally to Ambry Thomas who probably finished that rookie year thinking he was going to be a starter, but they signed Charvarius Ward for obvious reasons. Uh, and Diamador Lenore kind of took that next step in the off season. When I am going back to what we said about Drake Jackson, it takes a while for players to understand really what they need to do. And both Lenore and Thomas were drafted in 2021. Things were still not the same in an off season as they were, but you saw a clear difference when they got to training camp in what their off seasons probably looked like. Cause you see Diamador Lenore took a huge step forward. Even before Mosley went down, it was clear he was Mosley's backup. Uh, and then you saw Ambry Thomas have a very rough training camp. Even yeah. Kyle Shanahan was asked, I think it was Matt Mayoko who asked him during training camp, what would you like to see from Andrew Ambry Thomas? And he said, I'd like to see him have a chance to make this team, which was a Ooh. pretty big thing for him to say Ooh. for a guy that was starting in the playoffs. Yeah. And you, and you saw it and you saw what a step Lenore took. And so that when Emmanuel Mosley went down, Lenora kind of came in. I mean, he had a, some rough moments, but he did come in somewhat seamlessly. He could pretty much get the job done. Again, there were some rough moments throughout the year, which again was he was basically a rookie. Yes, he had played a couple games of rookie season, but he was basically a rookie just in terms of playing time. And Ambry Thomas could barely get on the field he played some special teams and he was really only in there at corner if the 49ers were up by like a gajillion points so we'll be I know I think where Lenore's concerned I don't think there is concern because he already took that step last offseason 
Sure. And I think he took that step with the mindset that this job could be mine. And so I, I don't think he is, there's a concern there for Thomas. Did it, did it, did he change his approach? Same all Samuel Womack was someone they were real excited about at the beginning of last year. He was their starting nickel and then he wasn't real quick. So mm-hmm. that's another guy that what is, did his off season look like? Can he come in and be excited? I think that that job is going to, obviously it's going to, maybe not obviously, but I think that job is going to Isaiah Oliver, but can he be someone that they can count on in the future who can come in and do things they need him to do? So that's why I think corner is interesting, especially for those two guys, but for Ambry Thomas, more than any of them, I like I said, I don't even think it's make or break season. This is a make or break break training camp. Yeah, I missed that Ambry Thomas quote. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Like that, that that's pretty clear of what Kyle's expectations are, and perhaps and that was more last so year. What- so that was last training camp. But still, it's not like there were a lot of things that happened during the season to make you think that mindset had changed well yeah yeah that's that's what i mean it feels like he'll head into this season with an even more weighted version of that same opinion Mm -hmm. so i think we'll see i think that one will be interesting now Ambry thomas had a good off-season program that we saw up until now but with training camp a couple weeks away we'll see so yeah again i don't want to make this a michigan thing but if there were three michigan guys on this team the 49ers are basically michigan west and i'm into it I find your love for Michigan gross. I just want to tell you that. But you know I went to school there. No, I do. It's still gross. Why is it gross? It just is. <laughs> I don't understand it's, why it's, it's gross. It's gross. I am an alum of the greatest university it's, ever constructed. Like, who decided that? Who? Uh, well, uh, I did. <laughs> I okay. decided. Well, that's fine. Also, All our right. song, the Hail to the Victors, refers to us as the leaders and the best. So That's a terrible song. Where did, where did you, what are you, like an Ohio State fan or something? I kind of am. Oh, I, I kind of. I, I was a bigger. Gross. I thought you said gross earlier when we were talking about Jake Moody, and I chose to ignore it. And now I realize you did say it. Why are you an Ohio State fan? I don't know. I'm not really like I was. I used to be a really big Ohio <gasps> State fan. Like when I got into college football, my best my my best friend in high school, like he's from he's from Ohio, and so like when I was really when I was like 11, 12, really getting into college football. It, like that's the team that was just wound up being the team I watched the most. So I kind of was like, oh, it just it just became the team I knew the most about. And then I don't have a tie to him. So when that Urban Meyer stuff started happening, I was like, I'm good. Yeah, talk about like gross. I have I have little issue divorcing teams. Like I can walk away from a team like really quick and not care. And when I that Urban Meyer stuff, I was like, yeah, bro, I'm good. But I really like Ryan Day. I think Ryan oh. Day is a really good head coach. Oh. And so I, I I appreciate the roster. I appreciate him as a head coach. I just, Urban Meyer kind of soiled me on that. Well, I really. Th- but I still don't like Michigan. I think you have to stop saying it's gross because I went there and it was amazing and I loved it. And it's the greatest university ever constructed. Per- it's also a bit because per- I have so many friends that went to Michigan. So Oh, I see. I see. That's fine. Listen, you're entitled to your opinion, even though it's wrong. But I appreciate the See, look at how I'm showing you respect. <laughs> it's very, very nice. You yes, thank you. can't say something super egregious on my podcast. Very nice. Um, very nice. Damien, this has been a lot of fun. Please tell everybody where they can find you. ESPN 1320, uh, TuneIn app, Odyssey app, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, if you happen to live in Sacramento, you can listen on 1320 AM, 98.5 HD2. Uh, we're pretty easy to find. Just search Devo and Casey on the internet, and there we are. You can find me on Instagram at Tracy Sandler, on Twitter at TracyFGSN for all things 49ers training camp. Oh, and on threads at Tracy Sandler. Look at that. I forgot there's another one now. 
Oh, Lord. We are brought to you by FIBO. We are brought to you by Bet Online. If you guys like what you heard, and I know you did, please tell all your friends. Please give us a five-star rating. Leave us a super positive review. Feel free to add in a Go Blue if you would like to. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.